Up next, the Thursday edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio, Ando Beach. Good afternoon, Los Angeles and all of Southern California. I'm Farley Malaris, and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s. On KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative. Well, well, well. We do have yet another show of Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the Moon Wobble edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio. That doesn't mean I'm going to do a topic on the Moon Wobble, although somebody suggested it. But the question is, the topic today is, what is the topic today? Hey, you remember I was talking about heavy transits all this week? Raise your hands if you haven't been hit by a, a hard transit this week. Okay, you have been chosen to do the topic over there. Okay, now let's see. I just wanted to make one thing clear. Well, first of all, the moon is in Aquarius at 9 degrees. I don't know what I said before, but in case I made a mistake. No void course moon today. That won't happen till tomorrow. Woman's Equality Day. So give women a break tomorrow, in case you're not aware of that. Now, yesterday, we did a show that a lot of people loved. It was called The Law, and we talked about the law of universal balance, energy exchanges, and karma. Today, we're going to talk about examining karma in the birth chart, or trying to figure out, zero in exactly what you were born to experience in this life cycle. I kind of see karma as the curriculum as far as what we decide to take. Of course, the school, whether it's nursery school or graduate school, karma is the curriculum that we decide to take. Interesting thing about coming into this dimension at birth is that immediately we are confronted with being controlled and taken care of, hopefully, or manipulated or ordered around or whatever nurtured by the parents. So you obviously, when you make a choice to have a baby, you're taking a big risk because you're creating a vibration that one day will be returned to you when you're a baby. So. Immediately at birth, the karma circus is upon you. Immediately, I mean, as you come in, out of the womb and take your first breath, the karma is right there. And that is why analysis of the first house, the rising sign, and the ruling planet of your chart, which is called the chart ruler, are so important. Now, people say, okay, Farley, what's a chart ruler? How do you find that? Well, frankly, if you know your rising sign, that helps. And then if you know which planet controls which sign, then you'll know what your chart ruler is. And I'm going to tell you, Once again, what the ruling planets of the 12 signs are, so you'll now know what your chart ruler is and the planet that rules your childhood, it rules your life, it's the most important and powerful planet in your chart, and also a planet that would focus on childhood karma. And everyone has childhood karma unless you're born to a group of angels that have ascended from the heavens, which is very rare. So usually you get at least one or two parents that may have a horn or two sticking out of their head and go, Farley, get the hell out of there. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, (laughs) let's see. The Lord of Aries is Mars. And the Lord of Taurus is Venus. And the Lord of Gemini is Mercury, which means Gemini Risings have Mercury as chart ruler. Lord of Cancer is the Moon. Lord of Leo is the Sun. See, so Leo Risings have Sun as their chart ruler. Is this difficult? (laughs) Lord of Virgo is Mercury. Lord of Libra is Venus. And the Lord of Scorpio is Pluto. Lord of Sagittarius is Jupiter. Lord of Capricorn is Saturn. Lord of Aquarius is Uranus, and Lord of Pisces is Neptune. So right off the bat, everybody knows what their chart ruler is, meaning that even if you have no planets in your first house, you still have a planet that does control your life, your karma, important parts of your personality, identity, and character, and also structures concerning your own 
feelings of self-worth, personality, and self-esteem. See, I am Libra rising, Venus, my chart ruler, elevated in the ninth house in Cancer, square Neptune in Libra. So Cancer and Libra stress has been a focus of my childhood, of my philosophies, my relationships, my freedom mode. I'm sensitive, you know, and Venus in Cancer being my chart ruler is definitely a revelation of that. So you can really zero in on a lot of things that went on in my childhood. See, my dad's a Cancer. My mom has Mars and Libra. And dad and mom have Cancer Libra stress between their charts. So there was a lot of Cancer Libra vibration in my childhood. Venus being my chart ruler in Cancer, square Neptune in Libra, I felt that Cancer Libra stress. Mainly worry, needless worry about everything and everybody. I wasn't even a year old yet, and I knew somebody was pretty worried about me because I felt myself with the prickly heat and the hives and everything. As soon as I came out of the womb, I said, what's going on in this environment? Someone upset? But anyway, see, you can actually focus on the entire childhood experience and the karma of same through analyzation of the chart ruler. You can play with the chart ruler for weeks, months. You can look at the chart ruler. Oh, I have Saturn as chart ruler. This rules my childhood. Oh, it's in the fourth house. Does that mean I had a problem with my residence? Maybe we were unemployed and we were street people when I was growing up. There's all kinds of things you can zero in by knowing what the chart ruler is. So that's the number one most important thing. Now, if you should happen to have planets in your first house like I do, wow, there's a lot going on with this parent-child combination, which means that planets in the first house, and if you don't know where the first house is in your chart, it's located between the nine and the eight on the clock face, or look through your astroscope and see if you can find a paragraph that says moon in house one, or mercury in house one, or anything in house one, and then circle it. And then you can write next to it, bingo, childhood karma. (laughs) Oh, there's a guy I know who has five planets in the first house, and he died when he was three. No, I'm just kidding. He's still walking around, but he actually thought he died when he was three. But still, when you have a lot of planets, one or more, in the first house, especially are there any squares or oppositions on those first house planets? And if there are, then you can put together the complicated focus of what might have gone on in your childhood. So see, besides having an afflicted chart ruler, in case you have afflicted planets in the first house, then this means that you might not have been the best parent in a past life. So now you're born to your kids, the ones you tortured and abused, and you're the child. And they're going, he's returned for our experiment. Meanwhile, you're trying to grow up and be healthy and happy, and they're sitting there going, oh, no. Oh, no, you're going to eat this food and gain 10 pounds whether you like it or not. I don't care if you had a milkshake before you got home or not. You're going to eat every bit of this food. They don't want to think about it. you're about to explode. Right? But still, the thing is, is that karma is fun and interesting when you finally do, if you ever do, put it into perspective. Because then you realize that no matter what happens to you, no matter how harsh it is, no matter how harmful you might think it is, this is your reward. This is what you have earned. It's like sometimes you graduate and they give you a diploma. If you've been a bad parent in a past life or someone who is negative, then your graduation is you become the child and you actually experience what it's like to be in a family of parents that might not be as sound as you would have wished them to be. See how it works? If you were a money hoarder, were greedy, somebody that was selfish, a gambler, somebody that wasted money, impulsive shopping when people around you were starving, then you might come back and your whole life could be a quest to get just a few bucks to pay the rent. Because that's the way the universe works. So you sow what you reap. And that's why we talked yesterday that you have no one to blame but yourself. There are a lot of things in the chart. You can spend your whole life studying an astrology chart to try to figure out your karma. Today we're going to go through the 12 houses and give you an idea what kind of karma you can expect from afflicted planets in any one of those 12 houses. And if you're smart enough to figure out from today's show what your lords are, right, 
Like if you have fourth house Pisces, right? And people say, what's that? Okay, Sagittarius rising people would have Pisces on the fourth house, right? And if there's no planets in Pisces, what do you do? You look to the Lord of Pisces, Neptune, right? And that tells you what's going on in that house. So if you're a Sag rising and you have an afflicted Neptune, then that tells us you have karma with fourth house activities. What's the fourth house? Well, if you've read your instructions, how horoscopes work, it's included with your astroscope, you'll find out the fourth house is home. It is residence. It is emotions. It's security. It's the mother. So an afflicted Neptune with a Sag rising person is going to tell us that there is a confusion, there is a vagueness, there is an epitomization of negative Piscean vibration from Neptune concerning fourth house matters. See, so you can spend a whole lifetime sitting here looking for your lords and looking for the planets afflicted and going, oh, I've got a lot of karma here. Is there a chance I might have tried to get maybe 30 lifetimes into one? Yeah, that's a, there's a real good possibility considering this is the Aquarian age and billions of us are trying to qualify for higher awareness, higher evolution, and higher growth. A lot of us are past due on our bills, karmically. So a lot of us have thrown ourselves into the relationship zoo and into the money zoo and into the career zoo. And you're sitting there going, well, Farley, won't I ever have any hope in my life? Like, oh, yeah, you know, if you can get through the absolution of this lifetime, then perhaps you'll be graced and you'll gain awareness and your soul will evolve. And next lifetime or later in this lifetime, it won't be so difficult in case the new age qualification or the magic of human evolution occurs during this lifetime. People say, what's that, Farley? In the Bible, I think it's called like the rapture, where suddenly some people seem to like be beamed up. They're like gone. They, they like disappear. I don't know if I believe everything in the Bible, but I do believe that there will be some kind of rapture effect when there is some kind of self-judgment, when the soul will judge itself to see if it has absolved its eternal karma, and if it has reached a level of selflessness, of humility, of authentic love, not being pulled or tied to anything on this planet, when the spirit definitely does retain a priority, then you qualify. If you can say goodbye, just like in Cocoon, remember when they took them all off the planet, they had to say goodbye to everything and everybody, their clothes, their property, their money. I remember Don Amici was walking down the street giving hundreds of dollars. He said, here's a hundred for you. Here's a hundred for you. People say, oh, you're really sane, aren't you, mister? But well, I'm going to another planet. Okay, I got a therapist for you. But still, you know, that's really what it's about. It's like letting go of everything that is material. That is qualification. It's almost like a messianic state of existence. So here we are in 20th century Earth, and here we are in this karmic zoo, and here we are obsessed and selfish about all these things. What do you want? You want sex. There's all these people out there that are conditioned. They want to go out, and they want to get involved with somebody, right? How many relationships have you had? 60, 70, 80? This is their main obsession, right? All they got to do is say, enough, you know, I'm going to be a monk, and that's it. If somebody wants to love me, let them climb the mountain because I'm tired of it. You absolve that whole block of karma. What's your next obsession? I want to make a lot of money. I want to buy a big ranch, a huge farm, and then get audited by the IRS because they want to know where you got the money to buy it, right? And then, you know, you just create all this mess. You have no idea, many of you don't have any idea what your past lives were like. You haven't been able to regress yourself. You don't know what kind of barbarian or what kind of pillaging, aggressive, dominant lord or lady you might have been in a past life. You don't know whether you were a thief. You wonder why you come home to your house and it's ransacked and everything's gone. Meanwhile, you were picking pockets in 1526 for like 50 years, right? Things go on that are very difficult for a lot of people to say, well, it's my karma. But it certainly is a lot easier to write things off like that. It's like being an accountant. Say, well, we'll write this off. We'll write that off. We'll write that. It's a lot easier to write it off than to go into the boss's room and say, look at this. Look at this $10,000 debt here. The boss goes, well, just write it off. You know, instead of giving yourself an ulcer about it, write it off. 
So it's best to understand your karma, study your chart, and get into the planets. Okay, let's take a look at some planetary karma. Afflicted sun, right? The afflicted sun will be a karma with your own identity. In other words, you might live your whole life trying to figure out who you are, and in connection with that, the afflicted sun sign in your chart could be a karma with your father or with recognition of your soul, even acceptance if you have a soul. Do you know a person with a severely afflicted son might even be an atheist? I saw these guys who were atheists on the Morton Downey show last night. I thought, oh, these guys are in real good shape. But anyway, afflicted moon could mean a karma with the mother or an identity reversal where you were the mother of this person in a past life. Now you're the child. It's also an emotional problem that you might have. Afflicted mercury is a mental or a psychological karma where verbal manipulation is involved here or being in a situation where you feel crazy or people around you you think are making you crazy when it's really not true when you're really just making yourself crazy. And Mercury could also be a karma with the brothers and sisters. Venus is oftentimes, if not always, karma with money and women. So those of you that have the lucky winner of an afflicted Venus like me, congratulations, you little abusing being from a past life, right? Afflicted Mars, squares and oppositions on the Mars, would show a karma with your health, with your personal life energy, and men. So all you people that are interested in men that have afflicted Mars, congratulations, because you just qualified for possibly being a pirate or an abusive warrior from a past life. And those of us with afflicted Venuses, many times, we were women that kind of rejected men, treated them like dirt, and put them in a bad space, took advantage of them, used them for their money and security and stuff like that. Then we come back as men with afflicted Venus, and we have to deal with these women. <laughs> you know, we have to deal with an ex exact reflection of our own self. It's like, oh, my God, she just rejected me. She used me for my money. And you like to kill yourself for this. You torture yourself when all you need to do is look at the reversal, because the reversal really gives you the answer to what the karma is. A lot of these pirates and these warriors, these Vikings, these pillagers and scalpers and all these people, they come back with afflicted Marses now. And then they have to deal with these warriors that go out on dates with them and, and say, hey, lady, how about a first date action? The woman's like, all right, is this what I was life in a past life? Uh, I'm going to pass on dating for a few years, I think. It's funny that you go after. You wonder why you're attracted to that one in a hundred person on the beach. Because you know down deep after a few weeks he will abuse you. <laughs> Maybe from the first step he'll abuse you emotionally, mentally, too much pressure. And you always choose the exact reflection of what you were in a past life. So don't blame the other person for giving you a hard time. What you need to do is, is shake their hands, go, thank you, it's a nice experience, I gotta go, <laughs> and go back home and say, well, I understand I might have been a jerk in a past life, at least I'm not going to make it any worse on this guy and, and get him out of there. So there's a lot of things you can learn from studying your astrology chart. You get a lot of resolution, a lot of revelation, and I think understanding your karma and overcoming your obsessions and your need to attract reflections of your own bad self <laughs> are things that you need to understand and sort of embrace in order to evolve away from and become that much better for. I'm Farley, and this is the Astrology Hour on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative here weekdays at 12 noon to 1 o'clock and Tuesday's special expanded edition from 12 noon to 2 o'clock, and uh, I'm mighty glad to be here. I've been here for five years already. This has been a long, you know, Broadway play for me here, different one every day, so I don't know. I'm going to stay here as long as I possibly can, so keep the faith, you know. <laughs> now, also, let's continue with these planets. 
The Jupiter planet is a planet of philosophical karma. And also we talked about freedom and slavery yesterday. That's another planet that identifies freedom and slavery factors. So afflicted Jupiters could show a karma with that situation. Saturn is the lord of karma. This is the lord of Capricorn, but this is the single most important planet of karma and debt to this lifetime in your chart. So obviously, if you have Saturn in your chart, wherever it is, whatever sign and house it's in, will reveal your major area of growth, karmically speaking. But also, if your Saturn is afflicted, if you have squares and oppositions on your Saturn, ooh, that means you have a little bit more karma than you thought. An obliterated Saturn, or a Saturn that has more than one square or opposition on it, like a T-square or a grand square or multi-squares, would definitely show many multiple lifetimes being absolved in one. So if you qualify for an obliterate, afflicted Saturn means <laughs> everybody's pointing to their neighbor going, she's got an afflicted Saturn. And it's like, we should put paint them red that says, stay the hell away from this. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, we need to love and embrace people that have a lot of karma because the karma they have is always with themselves and the world just acts as a catalyst. So, okay, so Uranus, an afflicted Uranus would show a karma with friends and goals, directions in life. Afflicted Neptune would show a karma with self-esteem because a lot of people with afflicted Neptunes get into drug addiction and alcoholism and need to renew spirit. And afflicted Pluto is a karma with stubbornness and inability to change or to have transition or metamorphosis or rebirth. Could also be a sexual karma, afflicted Pluto. So you meet somebody with a T-squared Pluto and you say, Perhaps they should get a blood test to see if they have the, uh, you know, positive HIV or whatever. You know, it's not funny because people that do have afflicted Plutos with no help, you know, no trines or sexuals on their Pluto may be more prone to VD and diseases like AIDS. So these are people obviously that have afflicted Plutos have sexual karma, maybe tend to be a bit more promiscuous or testy in their sexual behaviors. So if you have one or more squares or oppositions on your Pluto, perhaps you should learn to be a little bit more prudent in your lifestyle and less berserk. Now, let's go through quickly the houses. We've gone through the planets. And astrology is a science of combinations. So you always combine what the meaning of the planet is, what the meaning of the sign, what the meaning of the house. And if you get to understand the aspects, trines and sextals being more positive and oppositions and squares being more karmic, meaning lessons with squares and oppositions, then this topic will be very helpful. Like we talked about the first house already, so afflicted planets in the first house or afflicted chart ruler would show karma with the self, with the childhood, and with identity and character and personality and appearance. Afflicted second house planets or afflicted second house lord would show a karma with money, with values, with love, and with what is worth in life, if anything. Afflicted third house planets or afflicted third house lords would be a psychological karma or karma with brothers and sisters or karma concerning details. Getting things done, busyness, and people that talk too much usually if they have their house planets. It's like, get off my back already. Put a muzzle on. I'm just kidding. Okay, afflicted fourth house planets or afflicted fourth house lord would show a karma with the residence, home, emotions, or mother. Afflicted fifth house planets or fifth house lords would show. Now, remember, the karma is always with you. When I say you have karma with the mother, the mother would act as a catalyst or a reflection of your own bad self. So many people say, why don't you get your bad self out of here? You know, it's like everybody in your life is your own bad self because everybody is a tentacle that is connected to your center because you as God and center of the universe, everyone else is a reflection of your own identity. So stop thinking that, oh, I've got, car Farley, do I have karma with this guy? No, you have karma with yourself. This guy happens to be someone you've drawn to you 
in order to experience this negative reflection. Is that clear? Okay. All right. Planets in the fifth house would be a karma catalyst concerning children, family, the father, talents, gifts, creative, or show business. Planets in the sixth house would be a karma with service, work, health, or maintaining it, vital organs, protecting them. Planets in the seventh house, there'd be a karma catalyst concerning love, commitment, marriage, relationships, balance. And you all have seventh house lords, so don't say, I'm clear because I don't have any planets in the seventh, even though I have an obliterated Mercury, it's my seventh house lord. So we all know. See, you look to someone's seventh house lord and go, I'm not going out with her. It's okay, you're just a catalyst, no problem. Afflicted eighth house planets would be a karma catalyst concerning sex, intimacy, deeper meanings in life, legacies, inheritances, unknown factors. Afflicted ninth house planets, our ninth house lord would show a karma catalyst concerning freedom, happiness, attitude, optimism, confidence, foreigners, foreign countries, and travel. Afflicted 10th house planets or 10th house lords could reveal a karma concerning career, success, ambition, logic, and overall just suffering or punishing yourself. And afflicted 11th house planets or 11th house lord could show a karma or problem concerning destiny, goals, organizations, humanity, and friends, with focus on friends. And finally, afflicted 12th house planets or 12th house lords could show a problem concerning self-esteem, lack of it, lack of self-worth, lack of spirit or need to become spiritual and enemies that you have created in this life and other lives. Now, that was a good show for you. Now, remember, the show is public supported. I thank you for keeping us on the air. Camille on line four, January 21st, 41, Cap Rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. How are you? Very good. I've enjoyed your topic very much. Well, thank you. And especially on this karma and relationships and then karma in almost every house you can have one. That's right. So, huh? So I'm just my mind is with my uh, first house. I seem to have a you have a what uh, a problem there. You know the karma with the with the self esteem, uh, self awareness. Oh, you have Venus in the first house. I believe it's ascendant. My ascendant is that the first house. Yeah. What what degree is your Capricorn rising? Uh, let's see, nine twenty nine. I believe that's what it is. Well, you, you have Venus on the ascendant, and you have Jupiter and Saturn both trying them. That's nice. That would show a good childhood. Oh. Did you have fun when you were a child? Mm, no, I don't remember having fun. Really? Hmm. You, I don't see any afflictions to your Capricorn rising. Uh, oh, oh, wait a second. Hold on for a second. Boo, boo, excuse me. All Capricorn risings have karma with childhood because the Lord of Capricorn is Saturn. Right. So all Capricorn risings have their major life lesson <laughs> in the childhood. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so it could have been kind of strange for you then. Yeah, yeah, it was, and then I think I have both of them in my home in the fourth house, the Taurus, uh, Saturn in Taurus, and Jupiter in Taurus. Yeah, so you have that residence thing, and the family thing, and the children thing, all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm going to it right now. I just wonder, when will that be processed out? How do I get rid of that? Oh, about 70 years, when you're, <laughs> when this life cycle's probably over, I would think, don't you? No, seriously, uh, it's, it's tough to get away sometimes. Sometimes you're so intertwined intimately with family, children, parents, and such that eventually situations beyond your control occur when you appear to be shackled to these people. And it's real tough to break loose without hurting feelings. Yeah. And that's what the karma is. It's so intensely intimate that, that it's difficult to get out of it sometimes. Mm. But you're going through it right now, so I hope you pass, okay? All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sherry's a Pisces. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How's it feel to be a fish? 
Well, it feels pretty good, but I'm getting involved with another fish. <laughs> oh, you are? Yeah, I don't know. Let's go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> so what can we uh, do for you? Want a compatibility scan? Yeah, if I could, because it's my first time getting involved with the male fish. Okay, now when's his birthday? March 19th, 1952. Wow. Has he had a history of relationship problems? No, not that I know of. I'm, uh-huh. I'm Maybe you better probe a little deeper here. How long have you known him? Well, it'll be a year in January. Oh, and he's never been married, never been broken up. He's a celibate virgin. He's never been married. Okay. He's had some long relationships, like over a year and such. And I've, I've known him since November, but we've been okay. dating since January. This is like a soulmate. This is a rare combination where his Venus is a 360 to one shot. It sits right on top of your Mars, uh-huh. which means romantically and intimately, if you can't get along anywhere else, you should be able to at least make a piece in the bedroom. So, you know, sexually it looks outstanding, but which... What is that as far as a marriage? Well, you know, like I say, it's a soul connection of some kind. Yeah. And you might want to experiment and live together for a while, see how that feels. And I don't know if I'd jump into any marriages just yet, uh-huh. but, you know, astrologically it looks real good. Do you fight? No, we've never fought. Oh, good. Well, that could be a problem, too, because once <laughs> you do fight, it could be like Grant and Lee, you know? <laughs> so we'll see what happens, okay? Great. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go back to the phone and talk to Francis, another fish. No, I'm just kidding. Pisces, Scorpio, rising. Hi, Fran. Well, it sounds like Farley instead of Fran. Hello. Hi. Hi. I just want to give you a fast plug on your astroscope. I think it's so great. It's fantastic. I don't know how it pinpoints me down to a T. And it's very helpful because it calls your attention to your negatives and what you have to work on. Hmm. And it's it's really, it's fantastic. You mean you've waited all this time just to give me a plug? No, I got a question. Okay. <laughs> I knew, <laughs> I, I knew. I'm a little confused with your afflicted planets, but I, I don't want to... No, a, a definition of an afflicted planet... I don't know what it was. ...is a planet that has a square or an opposition on it. On the third page of your astroscope, there's a list that says planetary aspects... You can go through that with a light red magic marker, and whenever you see the word square or opposition, put red over it. And those are afflicted planets, both of them. Then you go through the body of the report to find the paragraph that adheres to that statement, because each one of those planetary aspects has a paragraph in the body of the report, and all of us have afflicted planets somewhere. So will that book that you mentioned on Brown, will that help be helpful in giving all this information? Secrets from a Stargazer's Notebook? Yeah. By Debbie Kempton-Smith? Oh, yes. Smith, I mean, yes. Absolutely. Okay, I just want to ask you this question. I'm making a trip back east next week for two weeks, and on my astroscope, it says here, beginning date to September 17th, it says, you are free-spirited and a bit wild. You could be involved in an accident. So I just want to know, how is my trip going to be, and should I be concerned about this, or what could I do about it? Well, the reason why you have that is because Venus is in Cancer, and it is square your Uranus in Aries. So this happens to be one of those windows of the year. We like to let people know when they have a Uranus transit. And this is what's called an afflicted Uranus, okay, in your chart. So yes, you know, it doesn't mean plane crash, but it would mean putting yourself in a position where you shouldn't drive with a drunk driver, you shouldn't drive in an unsafe situation, you might drive a little bit more defensively. If you don't have any karma at that time concerning accidents, of course, it'll never happen because a lot of people go through Uranus transits and they never have anything happen, but still we like to let people know what a Uranus transit is. Yeah, but in all, with the trip I have, you think the 
a fun trip. I mean, uh, do you see that? In the- you mean you would cancel the trip on the weight of what I no, say? No, no, no. I'm going. Well, then you're going to have a great time then. That's what I mean. But if you don't, don't blame me, okay? No, <laughs> I feel you're going to have a great time, okay? Yeah, okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> In that case, let's manifest a wonderful, we'll visualize a magnificent time for her. Let's go to Stephen now, a Sagittarius with Scorpio rising. Yo, Steve. Yeah, hi, Farley. How hey, you doing? Real good. Greetings. Thanks for calling. Yeah, nice talking to you. Well, I recall having met you at one point, and that was a few years ago. I was on the corner of Venice and Jasmine Avenue, and there was a car wash there. It's not a car wash there anymore. By the way, how's the white car? <laughs> I have two of them. Two Let's of see, them. Venice and Jasmine. Yeah, and I met you, oh, I met you at a car wash. Yes. Did you give me change for a dollar? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should. I don't think the coin change uh, worked, but anyway. You've been uh, listening to my show ever since then? Yes, off and on, every chance I get. That's funny. You meet somebody in public and they become a friend. That's good. Yeah. So what can we do for you, Guy? Yeah, I'm just uh, wanting to know, generally speaking, about career or relationships. Gosh, you look like you're hot to trot in love right now. Have you been real magnetic and popular this week? Oh, boy. Well, it's been longer than that. Seems like uh, <laughs> I've been drawn to women and vice versa. Yeah. Well, I guess it's hard for you to settle down with just one then, huh? Well... It's like you're in a candy it's shop. It's difficult. It really has been. And uh, and you want to know about love. I should be asking you about <laughs> love, guy. How's my love life? No, you have Venus in Scorpio. It's conjunct Jupiter. And Venus is trying it right now. So you are being given the option to fall in love and make a commitment, in fact, this week, believe it or not. Really? And you are also shown extremely positive financial efforts at this time, some of the best vibrations of the year. It'll last about a week. But it's been happening for you all week, okay? Okay. Thanks, Steve. See you at the car wash, okay? Uh, Sure. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. All right. We're going to continue with a few more callers here. I'm Farley, in case you just tuned in. This is Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Didn't you know? We've been here going on five years on KFOX, 93.5 FM in Redondo Beach, and we're here every day for your enjoyment at 12 noon. We are public supported. If you've ever been interested in astrology or metaphysics or karma or meditation, this is a good radio class for you. Beverly is a Gemini with Virgo rising. Hi, Bev. Hi, how are you doing? Fine, thanks you for calling. Well, I was calling for a general scan. Well, that should, how's life treating you? Very good. I've got a new job and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Happier than you've ever been? Yes. You got a husband or a new boyfriend? No. You looking? Yes. You're happening. I think that someone asked you out this week that you turned down? No. Gosh, I'm surprised. You're shown relationships right now. In fact, you're actually even shown a possible marriage in the next 12 to 18 months. Hmm. This is something to be concerned with, Bev. Okay. I think like person that would maybe be a hunter, <laughs> you should probably be a little bit more interested in possible relationships because your chart is lit for that sort of thing. Okay. And we're talking about a loving, caring, nurturing, well-stabled, secure man who would love you, pamper you, take care of you, and be just what you want. Just what I want. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's go to Cecilia. April 21st, 36, Cap Rising. Hi, Cecilia. Hi, Farley. I want some information on my Capricorn 28 Rising. What is the highest that the degree goes for a person. What do you mean the highest? Oh, the highest degree. What? Because there are people that have nines and fifteens, seventeens, and what is the highest degree? You mean what's the most highly evolved degree of Capricorn? Right. Well, a lot, I believe 29 Capricorn is. 29. But that's my opinion. A lot of people disagree. 29 is a pretty intense degree. Right. Actually, 28 is close. Let me tell you what 28 means. Okay. A deep enjoyment of spiritual endeavor. 
After the commitment to divine rule, the realization of time-wasted indecisions. That's what 28 Capricorn is. Okay. Thank you, babe. Okay, and thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Adam is a Virgo. Yo, Adam. Hey, how you doing? You're turning 40, guy. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Give us a break, right? You're the first person I told today I've been keeping it real low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just turned, so it's not so bad. Yeah. I wear my hair different, though. I noticed the day of my 40th birthday, I just looks like a, a fan hit me in the face or something. My oh, hair is no. straight back now. So You really wonder, is it really happening? You know, you, you never think that that would really happen. Cause I, I don't feel 40 at all. You know, uh, Somebody told me I look 35 the other day, and I grabbed him, and they said, why are you being so romantic? <laughs> and I just go, <laughs> it was okay. Yeah, I just stumbled into your program today. I was, um, kind of, birthdays are kind of heavy days, you know? Yeah. I like to kind of be alone and, uh, think. Yeah. Especially when you turn 40. Well, happy birthday, guy. Hey, thanks. Whichever dimension we're talking from. Um, do you see anything going on or, uh, I've never had this done before? Well, you have the chart of a true counselor. I, you probably get more questions asked of you for assistance for free than most people do professional. Yeah. You probably should have been a therapist or an astrologer or a psychologist, so. If you feel bored with your job sometimes, that might be what the problem is. Well, I'm a freelance photographer. I do a lot of, I catch a lot of images. Uh-huh. Do you do any penthouse or Playboy? Uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> Working towards that goal, though, right? No, just kidding. I haven't had an offer. <laughs> you are showing a real solid year financially, and you're showing a lot more balance than you're used to have, and, and better experiences in relationships. And I do suggest you get a chart done. I think you'll like it quite a bit, okay? Sounds good. I gotta go, guy. I gotta close the show hey, out pretty soon. Right. Thank you. My birthday's August 11th, 1948, oh, so we're close. Okay, guy. Hey, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Remember, this show is public-supported, so it's up to you to make it happen. And join us weekdays at 12 noon on KFOX 93.5 FM. Okay? And need I say more? Remember, I do love you. At least I try to. I might not like all of you, but at least I embrace you as a reflection of my own self, or try to. Okay, we'll see you real soon. Weekdays on KFOX 93.5 FM, 12 noon. Have a great day. Bye, everybody.